0: Good morning everybody, it's Thursday the 16th of February 2022, this is iconic CEO Jamie Icke and this is The Daily Download. Right well, happy Thursday everybody, some interesting news, some good news. Sturgeon, the First Minister of Scotland, has resigned yesterday. Well finally she's read the room and realised that she's one of the most unpopular politicians in probably in Europe now and that she's actually doing more harm to Scottish independence claims and Scottish independence push than she is doing benefit. Highly disliked, highly unpopular, and it's it's finally time she's read the room. She's uh, she's quoted as saying, "In my head and in my heart, I know that this time is right now. It's right for me, for my party, and for my country." Now, there's a lot been a lot of pressure on her recently, and there's actually been the worst kept secret in history that. Yeah, the SNP, the Scottish National Party, were actually looking to oust her as leader. So this is clearly her trying to save face and go on her own of her own accord, or make it look like she's going of her own accord when in truth she was going to be going anyway. Um, this whole gender story in Scotland has really done her a lot of harm because I think there's this, there's this crazy kind of expectation and what's the word I'm looking for? The crazy expectation and crazy kind of assumption, I should say that because the politicians in a certain country are saying something, that reflects the views of the people in that country. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably agree with me that usually it reflects the opposite, actually, of what the views of the people are. And this gender bill, where they wanted to push forward the ability for people to change their gender, reassign their gender, have surgery to remove body parts and change parts themselves at a younger age, at 16, I believe it was, the bill to be able to put trans women into women's prisons Uh, most high profile of which recently included uh, a rapist, a man, a man, I should say, who was a rapist of two women who decided he wanted to be a woman and then wanted to be placed into a female prison. Public pressure, she was going to do that. And public pressure forced it not to happen, which two things are good there. One, it shows that public pressure does have a place and public pressure can make make policy change because it really did there. If the resistance is strong enough, they know they can't get away with it the resistance is is small and futile they will they will try and push forward anyway but if the resistance is massive and big and widespread and organized and really collected and collective then they real, really really struggle to get things like this through and they did in scotland and that was the beginning of the end for her you know she had a target on her back and it was only a matter of time you know you can't you can't do things like that and then expect there to be no repercussions and it's good to see that she's finally gone uh, who replaces her? I don't know. There's there's a few options. Um, and I just hope that it's a better fit for Scotland than she was because she was only ever interested in Scottish independence, which would have been a disaster for Scotland. And she was unelected for the majority of the time, just elected leader of the party. She never actually held a seat. She was never actually elected by the public. And, you know, as you saw through, through COVID and lockdowns, she was as draconian as anybody, possibly only less so than Mark Drakeford in Wales. But she was draconian. You know, she loved that power that she was given by Westminster and clearly was not doing things in the best interests of Scottish people. Now, another story. We're going to follow on with the story of the missing person in the UK, Nicola Bully. Now, we've covered this story a couple of times on this show already. It's it's quite astonishing, really. Uh, There's nothing about this case that makes any sense at all. So she's been missing now for it'll be three weeks tomorrow and after three weeks they've said firstly that she fell in the river and this is apparently still their working hypothesis. They ruled out foul play straight away or any third party involvement despite the fact there's broken CCTV cameras at the far end of the field she was supposedly last seen leading to a main road so there's a blind spot there so you have no idea whether she walked off or whether she was taken. Another CCTV camera which would have seen everything is broken. That's not suspicious, is it? Nobody actually saw her to interact with after she uh, left the school that morning. There's so many anomalies. People reported a van that looked suspicious. People have reported two men that looked suspicious the day before and day of that were apparently trying to hide their faces. All of it makes no sense. And now, after nearly three weeks, the police have come out and said that she is somebody who is a basically a menopausal alcoholic. She's been struggling with alcohol issues as a result of the menopause. Now, very much, she's forty-five. Like she's not, you know, that's just it, it, all of it makes absolutely no sense. The diving expert uh, Peter Fielding, who um, brought in a team to search River at the request of the family, has come out this morning and said that the police basically never told him this information. If they had known that information, that would have, you know, factored into their search and changed their search accordingly. And what's happening is the police are becoming more and more the centre and the focal point of people's anger and frustrations. Because, call it incompetence, call it complicity, whatever it is, this investigation has been a complete disaster, a complete joke from day dot. They walked in, decided she was in the river, have pretty much dismissed any other theory, and that's basically been it so if she was kidnapped then the kidnappers have had a massive head start haven't they they didn't cordon off the crime scene they didn't take forensics they didn't do so many things that would be you'd expect to be you know a really common practice and a really kind of just a matter of fact it's not a decision this is what we do we you know we cordon off crime scenes we take forensic evidence how would you know if there was any evidence of third party involvement if you didn't know that there was any blood or there was any x y and z you wouldn't but they've not done that and none of it makes any sense. And the more and more this goes on, the more and more confused I'm becoming. Um, journalist Jackie Deboy who does some writing here for Iconic, she's uh, basically come up with the theory and, and put the, the pieces together that this is all a stage. This is all staged, and that this lady's not necessarily real. She put that out on Twitter earlier this week and got thousands and thousands of comments. And not one proclaimed to know this lady. Not one came out in, you know, actually refuting that it was just you know some some people agreeing and some people abusing her saying she was unsensitive and so on but there was no one that actually came out and said look no no she's real because i know her because of this or i went to college with her or i went to university with her or she grew up near me or you know i'm a friend of hers now there was nothing like that which i find quite suspicious because when you typed in her name in twitter jackie's tweet came up as one of the top tweets so it would have been seen by a lot of people and the fact that you know no one came out in said so they knew her it is quite strange, given you know what she was saying. There was an article earlier this week in which a friend or a supposed friend of hers was quoted saying, you know she is a real person. We need to remember this is a real person you know said twice in an article which sounded quite strange. There's been evidence to show that her friend that's been on national TV is an actress. There's been evidence to show that her partner is a former actor. It's all very odd. That's all I have to say. I'm not concluding. I'm not saying what I think because I don't really have an opinion. I don't know enough about it yet. What i'm saying is that nothing seems to make any sense nothing seems to add up this has got enormous media coverage when people go missing every single day and it doesn't get anything like the same media coverage and i know there's boxes the media will admit you know probably under duress that there is boxes that need to be ticked and she probably ticks quite a lot of them to make you know make this a public case make this quite high profile but the fact that it's been high profile, the fact that the police incompetence has been very, very high profile, and is reaching the point that everyday people are looking around, going, "What the hell is this all about?" You know, they're now saying that she's someone who had massive vulnerabilities. They said that first, then they've now said that the vulnerabilities, are obviously, alcohol issues. But there's a theory, and it's a, it's you know, it's a conspiracy theory that horror, that dangerous dangerous term that we all are. So this is all just all a stage and it's going to be a justification to put microchips into people that, you know, you can't just disappear. Vulnerable people, vulnerable people need to be protected. They need to have microchips and then we need to know where they are at all times so they don't put themselves in danger. So they're always, you know, we're always knowing where they are and capable of looking after them if required. It's for their own safety. You know, all those buzz buzzwords and buzz phrases. It's all for your benefit. That's a theory that some people have, and it's not one that I'm refuting. To be honest, it's not one that I'm saying that's what I believe. It's one that I'm saying I find very interesting, and it would not surprise me at all because you know they've done worse, they've done more horrific things than this to try and get through their um, to try and get through their uh, their agenda. Simple as that. And the final story we're going to look at this morning. This is from the BBC. Is Disney's magic spell wearing off? Now, Disney Plus has Disney Plus and Disney have lost massive amounts of money in 2022. They've lost millions of subscribers off their Disney Plus streaming site. Sadly, not to us, I wish. Um, they've lost cinema sales, they've had TV cancellations, and so on. Now, if you're familiar with the phrase go woke and go broke, which I'm sure many of you will be, it's been used to describe organizations that have gone down the woke ideology and agenda as part of their marketing strategy and part of their output rather than producing whatever it is that got them to the point that made them what they were well I kind of think the same thing's happening with Disney simple as that everything's going very woke everything's going very you know inclusive but to the point that it's excluding their natural audience you know disney should not be about politics disney should not be about ideology disney should be about providing kids entertainment about teaching young people how to form relationships through cinema how to um you know how to play how to become good people it should be creating role models for people to aspire to for kids to aspire to that's what young television should be doing it should be teaching while also inspiring and empowering whereas you know coming down this woke ideology really isn't doing that, is it? It's um, it's actually just pushing I'm going to repeat the same word, it's pushing an ideology and a philosophy onto a young mind a young impressionable mind and I can absolutely see why so many people are very, very concerned by that and are switching off and uh, I think that's only a positive because you know the, the influence that organisations like Disney have had on the young kids of the world have been pretty much unrivaled And it's good to see that, you know, finally people are going, actually, no, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. Um, I can't stand Disney, personally. Sadly, my wife's a massive fan, and I I know full well I'm going to end up having to take my kids to Florida one day, but we'll hang on hang fire on that for as long as possible. Maybe it won't be there in five years. Who knows? But that just goes to show the power of people. Again, said it earlier with the Sturgeon story, the power of collective resistance shows what can be done. Same with things like Disney. Same with organisations like McDonald's. Same with organisations and corporations that we don't like and that we think are doing sinister things to the world, stop supporting them, stop buying their products. And they will feel that and they will have to change their direction. And if they don't, they will go out of business, which, you know, is the ultimate goal, isn't it? You know, we want these corporations that don't do anything for humanity, don't serve us. We want them gone. We want them to lose the influence that they have because it would it's only going to make the world a better place and an organization that puts you know these woke ideologies onto young impressionable minds is not one that I want personally to be the focal point of child's entertainment I see that as an incredibly incredibly dangerous precedent and also a lot of the young Disney actors and actresses have, have ended up pretty messed up afterwards just ask Miley Cyrus so what goes on at that organization who knows I'll only speculate I won't suggest anything. I don't fancy a libel suit. They've got a bit more money than we do. That's it for this morning. We're going to end with a nice inspirational quote here from Dr. Phil, the American host, TV host. At the end of the day, whether or not those people are comfortable with how you're living your life doesn't matter. What matters is whether you're comfortable with it. And I think that's really true. I said something on my show a few weeks ago when I said a quote, uh, sorry, when I said a a line which was a bit controversial um, when I was talking about Andrew Bridgerton. But I said, you know, the point is I'll say whatever I want to say because I'm the only one that has to live in my head and the result of not saying what I want to say and what I think would do more harm than saying it because you end up resenting yourself. The day you self-censor yourself, whether that be what you say or how you act or how you dress or who you interact with, who you date, who you marry, who your friends are, what job you do, all those things, the day you censor yourself, a bit of you dies and you lose a lot of respect for yourself And I think it's so important that despite what anyone around you may think, you do what you believe to be right, you say what you believe to be right, and you live the life that you want to live for yourself, not living the life for other people, whether that be your parents or your partner or X, Y, and Z. Because all you're going to end up doing is resenting them. And resentment is not a good emotion to harbour. Nothing good ever comes from resenting people around you when ultimately it was you that decided to live that way. So I think that for me is a nice way to end the show and I think that would be a nice thing to say on my deathbed to be honest is that I don't resent anybody because everything that's happened in my life I decided to do and the good the bad and the middle ground I take full responsibility for myself because I'm the one that took myself there what a power that is to sit and have rather than have the powerless you know yeah the powerless effectively Attitude of everything bad that happened in my life happened because of somebody else. Everything good happened because of somebody else. Take that responsibility for yourself. Look in the mirror and say, look, everything that goes from now is on my terms. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, I'll learn and I'll come again. But I've only got myself to answer to now. That's a great power and one I suggest that we all have and the world collectively would change very, very quickly. That's it for this morning's show. Thank you very much for tuning in and I'll be back with you with the final edition of the week tomorrow morning at 10am. Bye for now.